When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, For we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Every year in worship, We tell the story of the gospel over the course of the liturgical year, beginning with Advent and ending with today, Christ the King Sunday. And every year on Christ the King Sunday, I think of Mr. Carino. Mr. Carino was my English teacher my freshman year of high school. And he was the person who first taught me about literature. He taught our class that stories typically fall into one of two categories, comedy or tragedy. A tragedy ends with death. A comedy ends with falling in love or marriage. What makes a story a tragedy or a comedy, isn't necessarily about everything that happens in the middle. There can be comic relief in a tragedy, and there are times of conflict and sadness within a comedy. It's what happens in the end that puts the whole rest of the story into perspective. This same teacher told us that Even though he wasn't religious, he was currently reading through the Bible, treating it as a piece of literature. He started with Genesis and read the books in order from start to finish, a task that proves very challenging around Leviticus. And every time you hit a dense patch of genealogy, he said that he was surprised by this book that he was reading for the first time. Because as he read the stories, so much of it seemed like tragedy. 
He thought that the Bible, which he had heard so much about, would be happier, more encouraging, more something. That it would primarily be stories of courage and triumph and things going well for God's chosen people. But instead, he found the rebellion in the garden, the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years, story after story of people turning away from God and turning towards idols and false prophets and violence. Tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. We see this in our First reading from Jeremiah, this passage reveals a reality that looks bleak. God's people were scattered, ruled by others. They waited for God to raise up a king to save God's people from those who tried to rule over them and oppress them. Surely this king would execute justice and righteousness in the land. Judah will be saved. Israel will live in safety. The flock that had been scattered would be gathered together again. The people hoped for an earthly king, one who would rule politically, driving out the oppressors and ushering in a new and peaceful kingdom on earth. The people cried out, when will this king arrive? How long, O Lord? Then the long-awaited king is born, and he wasn't like any kind of king they had seen before. Jesus enters the world, shares the message of God's love, heals the sick, feeds the hungry, sends the demons away. And as our gospel text revisits, Jesus dies on the cross. The anticipated Messiah dies at the hands of his enemies. And if this were where the story ended, this would be a tragedy. Tragedies end with death, after all. And what could be more tragic than the long-awaited king, the Savior, dying? No one expected this. All their hope, gone. But of course, as you know, because we tell this story every year, this isn't even close to the end. Even as Jesus is dying on the cross, he proclaims forgiveness to those who persecute him. And he looks to his side and tells the criminal being crucified next to him that today you will be with me in paradise. Forgiveness, the promise of paradise, a whole new beginning born out of Jesus' death. In this moment on the cross, Jesus reveals exactly what kind of shepherd king he is, humbling himself to the point of death on the cross, forgiving humanity, even the very people who crucified him, 
defeating death and giving us eternal life, not just saving one particular people, one nation, but saving all of God's beloved children, bringing us all together as one people, Christ's love for humanity having no limits. This isn't a tragedy. And maybe we'd hesitate to call scripture a comedy. But it's something else, something more. This is the sacred story of God and God's people, and it's good news. I don't know if Mr. Carino ever finished reading the Bible or what he thought of it once he did. But because of him, I do think that knowing the end of the story helps put the whole thing in perspective. We realize that through the struggles and obstacles and challenges, what seemed like an endless cycle of tragedy for God's people, God was always there, providing hope in times of despair, food in famine, strength in weakness. God fashioned clothing for the first people when they realized their nakedness, provided manna in the wilderness, and guided the Israelites with cloud and fire, spoke through prophets when God's people needed guidance, raised up leaders, gave second chances, forgave and kept promises, kept finding a way. People kept being people. God kept being God. God kept loving us. This summer, when I was in the hospital after having Hannah, Hannah was receiving blue light therapy, so new and so little and in one of those plastic boxes. And I was still waiting for my blood pressure to return to a safe level. It was only a few days, but it felt like so much longer, being separated from Burton and Madeline. Time slowed down, and I felt trapped in that hospital room. It was a real low point, and all I could do was wait for that news that Hannah and I were both healthy enough to leave. This whole ordeal led to an unexpected conversation between my husband and a friend of his. The friend asked him, but your wife's a pastor. Where was God in this? Why didn't God protect her, keep her healthy and safe? Doesn't this make her question what she's doing? And when my husband shared this with me, my first reaction was dismissive. Like, oh, no one's broken the news to him what happened to Jesus' first disciples. Yikes. But if those same questions had been asked directly to me, 
Or maybe it's just because I've had some time to think about them now. I would have responded that that's not what God promises. We're not promised a life without obstacles, without health concerns, without challenges. A life filled with only courage and triumphs and things going really well all the time. We're human. Our bodies are mortal. Bad things happen to us without us deserving them. Thank goodness. We are promised a God who is in the struggle with us, who doesn't abandon us when we are at our lowest and our loneliest, who knows what it is to feel vulnerable, hurt, and alone. And we are promised that nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing in all of creation, not even death. When we feel lost or hurt or broken, we can have hope. When the world seems lost and hurt and broken in so many ways, we can have hope. Because we know that God is with us and we trust that it is Christ who reigns, that the heavenly kingdom is coming to earth and one day all people will know of God's love. So today we proclaim that Christ is king. It's the end of the church year. It's the end of our liturgical storytelling but it's certainly not the end of God's love for us. Not the end of God's work on earth or our sharing in God's work. Definitely not the end of sharing the good news. Because we know that God is love and Christ is king. So there is no end. So let's uh, start again next week, shall we? Amen.